Welcome to the Craft of Memory. I'm your host, Ronald Johnson. On this show, we seek to recover this beautiful art. For memory without conscious design is like an uncatalogued library. We believe this is a skill that anyone could learn. And the question is, will you seek to hone this craft? You are now listening to episode 21. I recently had the opportunity to speak with Daniele Vergine, a memory athlete and finalist in the 2022 French Memory Open. He is a part of the Italian memory team and is highly skilled in the art of memory. So without further ado, let us get into the episode and hope you all enjoy. So... Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the world of memory sports? So hi to everyone. And uh, first, of all, uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Ronald, for inviting me to the show. I think that you are doing a great job interviewing both memory athletes and memory experts. And yeah, so it's great that you are trying uh, to spread the word, let me say. And uh, as far as uh, me, uh, well, I'm just an uh, Italian 28-year-old uh, guy. And uh, yeah, about how I got into memory sports, I'd say that maybe my journey uh, is a little bit different from uh, um, the way that um, most athletes I, I see approach uh, um, this, this whole thing of memory because I, I noticed that a lot of memory athletes, especially today, are like... Uh, uh, young students that first got into memory techniques because they, they want to like get better in studying and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, of course, I, 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 I think that memory techniques are great you know, for improving in the learning and stuff like that. But for me, it was different because um, I first uh, knew about memory techniques after I got graduated. And I kind of regret this because they would have been, of course, useful while I was studying. But um, yeah, I discovered uh, them by, by chance. I think uh, watching uh, a brief Netflix documentary where Yanja, the Mongolian athlete, was interviewed. And I found that very interesting. And uh, like after watching that mini documentary, I, I watched the memory games, which is uh, longer. And uh, yeah, I was like totally mind blown and uh, yeah um, something very strange happened while uh, I was watching the documentary because uh, I don't know about you but I think that everyone sometimes is in life when discovering new things has like that sensation of wow something is clicking with me I, I just discovered a new thing that I think I will be very passionate about and uh, that for me was with memory techniques because um, while the documentary was explaining how the whole memorizing process works, I kind of immediately related to some aspects of it that uh, I already love and are present in my life through different forms. And uh, I already try to convey all these aspects like uh, imagination and creativity and creating as associations between stuff. Uh, I try to convey all of those uh, things in uh, uh, other things like music, for example, and meditation. 
because yeah uh, about music of course we know it's about creativity imagination and emotions and how these emotion uh, emotions somehow get let me say translated into sounds and music in this very abstract and unconscious creative process and uh, yeah i also love meditation and uh, i think that there are many similarities between meditation and memory because of course when we talk about memorizing before actually how can i say it how much um, before actually memorizing we have to like kind of get into this very focused uh, status you know and uh, meditation also has a lot to do with this you know uh, the whole clarity of mind stuff i think that it also relates to, to memory a lot so yeah i always uh, i've always been into like uh, introspection in general and imagination and uh, um, like many uh, people who have this tendency you know uh, often it happens that i go over my mind uh, even when i i shouldn't do that you know and when i discovered that uh, um, memorization involves both being focused and at the same time going over my mind i was like wow finally i found a way to be you know focused and in my mind at the same time so that was uh, was great yeah and i you know after watching the the documentary i, I you know, I, I discovered about Memory League, but uh, I didn't like train seriously. I only did like uh, a couple of try uh, with a, a couple of attempts with um, names and images, you know, the easier disciplines for someone who is uh, starting. And uh, I had fun, but I didn't take it like seriously. But then I started going uh, uh, like more into it. I um, you know, I understood that this was something that uh, I really wanted to deep dive into it more. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, how it started, basically. Oh, nice. And that was like one year, one year and four or five months ago. But the first four or five months, uh, I, I didn't train, train seriously. Yeah. Oh, nice. So it all started with watching a documentary and then you yeah, started yeah. studying memory techniques and you discovered yeah. memory league. So how did you connect with Andrea Muzzi and the Italian team and like really getting more into like the competitive aspects? How did you how did you get into that? Did on Andrea approach you or what what did that look um, like? Yeah, uh, that's kind of fun because uh, after I watched the um, uh, the documentary i as you as i said before i you know started to lo look more into memory techniques but i still didn't know that uh, the um the current world champion was an italian guy and i remember talking about this memory technique thing with uh, one of my of my best friends while while we were together uh, you know <laughs> taking a walk in the mountains and uh, i told him about this uh, memory technique stuff and uh, he said to me, oh, yeah, I heard something about that. Uh, I, I heard uh, an Italian guy in a podcast and he's the, the, the world champion. And I was like, what? I mean, I, I've just watched a, 
a documentary about memory techniques and I don't even know now that, uh, that uh, the, the current uh, world champion is an Italian guy. So that's uh, um, how I, I knew about Andrea in the first place. But, you know, at that moment, I wasn't so serious about, about uh, memory. I was just, uh, you know, messing around and trying stuff. But then I reached uh, a decent level. And uh, at some point, I felt like kind of stupid continuing to train alone when uh, I knew that there was an, an Italian team. I think that I was lucky enough to be born in the same country where the current uh, world champion lives in. And he also started the team. So I was like, well, maybe I should give this a try. So I, I got in touch with him and I told him, uh, him a little bit about my my scores at the time um, and yeah uh, so basically I approached him and then I, I came into the, the team yeah oh nice nice so um, I know that you're also into music um, yeah. could you could you share with us your your musical background um, are you in a group uh, what type of music do you listen to uh, where did you develop this passion for music yeah, um, I've been playing guitar for quite a lot of time now. I think it's, uh, it's, I started when I was like 12 years ago, and now I'm 28, so it's more than 15 years now. And yeah, I started because my, my father, my, my father used, uh, used to play when he was young, so he teached me some stuff. And then uh, after a little bit, I like took some private lessons from, from a teacher, and uh, in, in the first place, it was all about the, the guitar itself. I mean, I wanted to improve my technical ability on the instrument. And, but after a while, when I, I reached the level I was quite satisfied with, uh, suddenly it became less about the guitar itself and more about music in general and especially composition. So I kind of developed this uh, passion of you know writing music, my own music, and uh, yeah, when I moved uh, to to Turin, I like uh, know knew this this guy, which is the the singer of my of my current band, and uh, yeah, I I joined the band basically, and the name of the band is No Australian Merchant, and uh, yeah, about the the kind of music that we play, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of difficult to describe it to, to people because it is like metal music, but it's not like the traditional metal music. It's sort of experimental stuff, let me say. So the, the technical name of the, of, the, of the genre would be Blackened Mathcore, which is a kind of a fusion between two different genres, which are black metal, which is a real, really kind of bleak and obscure atmospheric metal genre and then we have metalcore which is like a type of hardcore music which is uh, a lot based on let me say um, complex rhythmic structures and stuff like that uh, so it, it is metal music but sort of experimental in some way but uh, yeah um, apart from the band i have also some projects of on my own and they are more like electronic music based especially ambient stuff and yeah i listen to a lot a lot of different kind of music not only metal but for example i also 
love uh, post rock bands like uh, Sigur Rós, uh, one of my yeah favorites. yeah I love yeah. 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 What about uh, Godspeed You, Black Emperor? Yeah, you... yeah, they they too. I saw them live in Turin like uh, six years ago, probably. Yeah, they're also one of my my favorites. So, yeah, I love I love uh, a lot of different kind of music as lo- as long as it's you know somehow uh, weird, original, and uh, you know introspective uh, stuff like that. Yeah. So are you equally passionate about music and memory sports or are you more passionate about memory sports or more uh, with the music? I think, that, um, I think that my main thing in life will always be music because it is a, a form of art and for me art is the, the best thing that can exist, you know. But uh, I mean, I'm... I'm really passionate about memory too, and in some sense, memory is a, a form of art too. You know, it's not uh, about uh, competition only. And in my case, it's yeah, I am not actually a, um, a really competitive person. I I do this memory stuff because I love um, you know exploring with my mind, and I love yeah. Um, competing with myself but not necessarily with only people and that's great about memory because you know you are against your own mind in a certain sense so yeah so um i'm curious to know so how is it being a part of the italian memory sports team um and belonging to such a, a growing community how how is it for you yeah it's uh absolutely great because this uh, this memory thing is a, a really niche field you know uh, there's not a lot of interest in general in, uh, in memory competitions so being uh, a part of a, of a group of people that share this passion is great because suddenly everyone knows your language and you can really uh, open up and uh, share stuff with uh, with people that uh, have uh, your own passion and uh, yeah um, it's also great because there there is no internal competition in, in the group at all I mean we're always trying to share new tips and come up together with uh, the best strategies so yeah it's absolutely great and I really hope that in the future um, the, the group let me say will continue to increase and maybe one day we will have like physical schools schools in the biggest cities of Italy. That's something that I hope. Uh, something similar to what already happens today in uh, Mongolia, you know, their group. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I recently watched a video by Andrea. It was called Why Passion Beats Talent. And yeah. he mentioned about how he's obsessed with uh memory sports and improving and pushing beyond the limits and he's very meticulous and detailed about strategy and training and he mentioned how um he was uh coaching you and uh celine and uh giving all these uh like tips and and uh, details on the art of training. So I'm curious to know what are some of the the small details or some of the 
important lessons that you have learned by uh, training under uh, Andrea? Yeah, first of, of all, Andrea is really, really a great coach. And I mean, uh, one thing I want to say about him is that I don't think he's a talent. Uh, I mean, he's the best in the world in what he's doing. And of course, there has to be some comp some talent component, but it is not the, the bigger one. I mean, he's just a guy who, as you said, meticulous, meticulously approached the, the, the memory world and uh, was able to to find like the best strategies and uh, continuously improve and uh, yeah that's the best thing about it because when passion turns into obsession in the best possible way uh, big results can come out of that and uh, yeah um, i'm still amazed about uh, um, the tips that he constantly gives to us um, yeah, probably one of the, the best things I learned from him is uh, how to manage speed in memorization and not being afraid of it. And that's the is the main reason why I think that I was able to uh, like constantly improve my times, for example, in speed cards. Because one thing that I do is like when I'm visualizing uh, the three cards, while I'm forming the, the images in my mind and I almost completed the picture in my mind, uh, there's that moment in, in when you are like tempted to um, wait a little bit and perfect the image in your mind, but you don't do that. You go next to the next triplet. That's one of the main things that uh, things that can allow you to continuously improve with speed. Go uh, next uh, before you think you're ready. Mm. So it's like trusting your intuition. Yeah, in some, in some way, yes, it is, yeah. So um, by the way, uh, congrats on uh, the French Open and being a finalist. Oh, um, so, can you share with us uh, what 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 were some of the the highlights of of the 2022 French Memory Open? Um, how did you feel uh, being uh, one of the finalists and standing on the podium? What was it like? Yeah, first of all, uh, going into memory competition is always like uh, a big experience, you know, uh, because basically you already know before even to start it you're gonna have to face two long days and uh, yeah it's important to get into a relaxed mindset where you accept things uh, however they will go and uh, yeah i kind of absolutely didn't expect to like get the third place because there were a lot of uh, great athletes especially guillaume i didn't expect to you know uh, beat him in the competition and uh, yeah, some of the highlights maybe were um, the speed cards event. I mean, it's one of the, my my favorite discipline, and my goal was to reach like the second Italian best uh, um, result ever because the the previous best one was made by Sebastiano Morale in the Italian uh, Memory Championship, and uh, he did like uh, 49 seconds. So I, I, my aim was to uh, 
do better than that and i was able to do 44 and i was really really happy happy about that result and also the longest discipline 50 minute number um went really well i did like 560 numbers i think so it was uh, very good close to my pb so it, i was very 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 happy with with that uh, and yeah, overall, it was uh, probably one of the most beautiful experiences in my life. So uh, yeah, it was great. And you know, it's not even about the competition itself, because when when you uh, go to a memory competition, the best part is you know getting to know all the athletes, uh, uh, talk uh, with them about uh, their systems, strategies, and stuff like that. It's uh, just a, a beautiful experience. Nice. So, so did you all hang out with each other, like yeah, uh, yeah, eat yeah, together sure. and stuff like that? Yeah, 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 sure, of course, yes. Uh, so what have you learned from your experience competing in national competitions? What advice would you give a memory athlete who is preparing to compete in a classical format? Yeah, I think that one of the most important thing I learned uh, is that... Um, you have to prepare for a competition. I mean, that is the most important part, mainly because uh, you have to accept that competition can go very bad because, you, I mean, you're under pressure and you never know. It is difficult. You are performing in a different environment compared to the one where you train at home, for example. And so uh, if you train hard and you train constantly, uh, the probability that uh, you will miss up uh, uh, is like reduced, of course. So that is uh, very important. And uh, another thing that I learned is like, uh, it is very important to just take it easy, uh, especially with the longer uh, disciplines. And that's one of the reasons uh, why I, uh, I think I performed uh, uh, pretty well in most of the long disciplines, both in French and uh, in, in the London competition, uh, because when you go into a long discipline, it can be very scary at first, because of course it is tiring and it is very demanding for the mind. But if you uh, get into the, the right mindset and you just think about uh, relaxing and enjoying the beautiful scenes that you're going to see in your mind, then it's all going to be very easy, actually. And so when uh, the, the longer disciplines are about to start, I just sit there and I think, uh, well, now you are, are going to have a, a beautiful mind trip and just think about enjoying it as far as it is yeah, possible. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. I like how, how you said you're going to have a beautiful mind trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good perspective, a way of seeing things. So um, uh, let's let's dive a little more into memory techniques and training. Yeah. So uh, what card and number systems do you use? And how many images do you put on each location? Okay, so first of all, I have... Uh different systems for cards and numbers. I use PAO for cards and uh, a 3-digit system for numbers. So uh, in case of PAO, of course, the number of locations is given by the system itself because I have a person action object in uh, every location. 
while uh, for a, a three-digit system i just put two images in each location i think that uh, is the best choice and the best compromise in terms of uh, variety of images and uh, also uh, i mean i think that if you do more than two images per location with the three-digit system it can start to get a little bit too confusing so yeah i think that uh, uh, two images per location at least for me it is the the best uh, um, the best way yeah so what does your memory training schedule look like so how do you uh, organize the disciplines throughout the week do you try to train through all the disciplines how do you balance between memory league and the i am memory training software uh, what does it look like exactly okay so first it depends on many factors but uh, basically i have a weekly schedule and i try to organize day by day um, one thing i have to say is that um, finding the best time for training for me is a little bit difficult because I am a full-time worker, so from 9 a.m. to uh, 6 p.m. I am working, so it is uh, quite impossible to, for me to train during that time. So I try maybe to train a little bit before starting to work or during the, the lunch break, for example, and then at the evening. evening. Uh, I try to train more on weekends because I have more time, but of course it depends from weekend to weekend because uh, you never know some sometime i have like um per personal stuff to do and I, I i cannot train um but yeah uh, i have a weekly schedule as i said and i try and, however to train every single day um it can be half an hour it can be one hour but it is important to train every day in my opinion at least as far as, as you can and um yeah, I, I try to um, to train all the IAM discipline at least once a week, and I train the numbers discipline more. Usually, I do more five-minute numbers attempt, and that is because I think that numbers uh, is the most important one, just because of the fact that half of the of the ten disciplines are somehow based on numbers because dates is some kind of form of numbers and always and also spoken numbers so uh, in general training uh, doing more attempts of the numbers discipline i think that it is useful in terms of the overall score let me say um, and uh, yeah i i balance iam and memory league uh, mainly based on uh, on what I'm doing in that specific period of time. For example, if I have the 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 league on uh, on memory league, so I have to like play weekly the my matches on the division. I try to do more memory league. While if I'm uh, training for a IM competition, I try to do uh, almost only uh, IAM stuff. So yeah, it it depends, but. Uh, I think that uh, one important aspect to highlight is that if you train on IAM, uh, you will more likely get better also at Memory League. But the opposite is not true. 
and that's because um, uh, IAM disciplines are more demanding for the mind because you have to manage the reviews and the, you have to memorize for uh, more time. So for example, if you do like five minute images uh, on IAM and then uh, uh, the next day you try to do ML images, you will somehow go faster because you mean you were able to keep the, the, the flow for five minutes in, in the day before. And you know, uh, in uh, memory league, it's, it's one minute maximum. So it's basically easier in my opinion. And, but if you train a lot on uh, memory league, it doesn't mean that uh, you automatically get better in IAM because uh, I mean, IAM is very, very different. You have to manage reviews and uh, yeah, it's, it's more difficult. But I like also memory league, of course, it's more fun in a, in a way, yeah. Yeah, that's the same thing um, Naoki said about um, when you train on IAM, he was talking about the numbers discipline mm -hmm. that if you're he's amazing by the way yeah yeah he's, he's really amazing he, he's using like two digit system and yeah yeah like it's crazy in seconds on the, on the memory league he he's really really great yeah 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 definitely and uh he was saying how um if you train on numbers on im memory league is like a piece of cake yeah um, exactly and uh, you also improve your accuracy because the scoring system of IM is more harsh. Yeah, well. yeah, it's very, very harsh. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So um, you mentioned uh, that you like the cards discipline. So would you say this is your that's your favorite uh, discipline? And and if so, why 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 are you so attracted to cards? Okay, so first of all, I, I like all disciplines and I think that this is very important to improve because every different, every discipline is very different from the others and has its own specificities, let me say. So if you learn to love every discipline, you can easily improve in each of those. And for example, I mean like international names, it is very difficult it is easy to like be tempted to just give up. But if you really like to, to love the fact that it is difficult and uh, there's, there's a certain component of, you know, uh, natural memory involved, then you like can insist on that and you can get better, for example. So I try to uh, love every aspect of every single discipline. Um, but my main favorite ones are yeah i have to name two actually because i think that they are speed cards and the numbers for two different reasons um numbers because basically of the of the three digit system i love it because when i um built it i was so excited about the idea of having of having like 1000 different images that i um took that as an occasion to like include in my system everything that I love. So my favorite people, my favorite food, my favorite animals, and a lot of childhood memories and stuff like that. So every time that I'm doing like um, uh, a numbers attempt, I'm 100% sure that all everything that I'm going to see in that attempt is going to be somehow very beautiful and cathartic for my mind. So 
it's always very exciting. And while as far as uh, speed cards, I think that uh, that discipline is also one of my favorites, mainly because it is the discipline where you can uh, better, uh, how can I say, overcome your limits. And that is because of the fact that um, uh, somehow uh, you can go faster because in the recall you're going to see all the cards and you know that each card will appear appear only one time in the deck so you you don't have to like uh, form the image perfectly in your mind you can go faster and that way you can really really overcome your your limits and also for example in uh, in my PAO I like in one of the most important things that I always highlight when talking about PAO is that you have to make sure that you include as people um, like uh, people that you really care about in your daily life because if I think for example about my girlfriend of, or my mother I don't need to actually picture it in my mind I just need to think about it and uh, I cannot confuse that with someone else. I mean, I am thinking about my girlfriend. It will be my girlfriend. I cannot uh, confuse her with another person. So I don't have to spend a lot of time in forming my image. I, I just have to, you know, have a, a glimpse of uh, the, the sensation of, of that person and I can just go, go faster. Yeah. And I prefer having real people in my system rather than, you know, fictitious characters because you can like confuse one superhero with another one and it is difficult to do that with people that you actually care about you know and uh, yeah that, that's it basically so uh you mentioned how in the three digit system you have a lot of images and all of these memories and in the pao uh system uh you have less images do you ever find yourself uh bored um, ever bored when uh, doing the uh, PAO due to uh, being due to having less images or like uh, have you ever considered like let's say going to a two card like a larger system to have more images or um, were you always satisfied with the PAO no I am P I am PAO team I love PAO <laughs> and I honestly think it is a, a little bit better than two card system but you know I'm no one to, to say that, of course. I mean, there's Alex Malen, which uses two card system, and he is <laughs> he does like crazy times, like 12 seconds. So, of course, two card system is great, but I think that anyway, the uh, variable image problem is a uh, is a big problem actually. I know he has his own workarounds, but I think that still. If you get an unlucky set of cards, you're going to get like a lot of images in every location. It is like very difficult to, to handle, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I know that a lot of people um, get bored somehow with their PO, but I think that uh, it is just a matter of fact of, you know, um, really uh, picturing well you, the whole scene in your mind. And you also have to kind of ask yourself why is that specific scene happening in that locus in that way you uh, you, you will always have uh, 
new variety in in your mind because you you have different reasons why things are happening so it is not only about what you are seeing but also about why is it happening i don't know mm. if i made that clear mm. yeah yeah that's good yeah because um yeah I, i spoke to some some people about the pao and one thing i like a like a common theme i hear is oh the the images keep keep on repeating so i like the fact that I mean, you say could be focus on the why yeah this could be a problem in uh, in the long disciplines but for example uh, andrea has like the world records for most long disciplines in cults and he uses pao so um if you like memorize correctly and you like really like deep dive into the, the reasons why thing um uh, the reason you 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 give to the the things that are happening in each location then uh, it all becomes more uh, memorable i think mm. that's good stuff so um let's let's talk about the words discipline so one of the difficult things about words is that you have to pay attention to detail yeah. so you can have various endings like a shun an ing uh and i'm assuming also in the italian language uh there's also a lot of uh various endings um so how do you deal with those specific and small details when memorizing words to make sure that you don't put the wrong word do you do you have a a, a technique or is it just a matter of paying close attention to those small details and using your natural memory yeah first let's get that straight i mean words is difficult words is tricky and uh, you know it, it is i think very difficult to come up with a total generalized strategy for every possible strange word that comes up so it is difficult and it will always be difficult i mean even top athletes struggle in uh, memory league words to uh, regularly do 50 correct is very it is very very difficult in my opinion uh, that said there are some things that you can do to improve a lot uh, currently i'm working uh, really really hard on uh, um, memory league words because i i want to improve a lot on that and uh, yeah especially in uh, in italian it is uh, very difficult uh, and we have a lot of problems like the one that you mentioned because for example if i have the word walk in english uh, in italian we have two different words for uh, the walk and uh, having a walk you know it is camminata and camminare so yeah you have a lot of this tricky case that you have to manage and uh, one thing that i do for example is when uh, the word is uh, a noun i imagine a certain person in my case it is my sister doing that stuff so if it is uh, like caminata so the walk i imagine my sister which is taking a walk while if it is the verb so if it is camminare in italiano i imagine i imagine myself taking the walk so whenever it is a verb it's me who is doing that thing if it's a noun it is another person mm. and uh, one thing that i try to do is whenever i 
I, I train after I see my result and uh, uh, when there were some words that like I wasn't able to picture very well, I spent some time in trying to uh, come up with a concrete association for that word. I mean, sometimes it is not easy uh, and you have to, of course, as I was saying, spend some time on it. And uh, one thing that I try to do is uh, whenever abstract words come up is uh, somehow trying to relate it to people that I know. Uh, so if, if I have like, for example, very conceptual words, I think about a friend of mine who is a, a philosophy student or stuff like that. And uh, somehow I make the, the person in, interact with the, the word, I imagine him saying that word. I mean, I try to, to find uh, uh, briefly in the moment some strategy that will, me, will allow me to not confuse that specific word with another one. But uh, yeah, um, words anyway is uh, tricky, so it is not easy. Somehow, yeah, it's really, really easy to end up in, uh, you know, doing mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So, like, if you have the word courageous, uh, you would think of a person you know that's courageous or... Yeah, yeah, I mean, and maybe I will also picture him doing something courageous to mm -hmm. reinforce it, yeah. So, um, let's talk about binary numbers. Um, mm -hmm. So, what system do you use for binary numbers, and and what is your what is your technique there? Okay, so I basically I convert every uh, triplets of binary digits into you know a, a decimal digit for from zero to seven, and uh, so I basically use the three-digit system, um, and each uh, um, grid of uh, nine binary digits becomes an image for me and uh, yeah that's basically it in uh, the binary digits i tend to re review less than i do in uh, numbers because i spend more time in uh, uh, converting the images you know in converting you know the, the digits into images and so that extra time allows somehow to the images to stick better and also the total number of images is uh, like almost a half uh, in comparison with the mm, numbers three digit system so that makes it somehow easier and uh, yeah i do in training uh, binary numbers i i do a lot of uh, speed drills because right now i still think that i have some big margin of improvements in the speed at which I convert the, the digits into the image. Yeah, and one important thing, in my opinion, is like to try to spend less time in uh, the intermediate step where you pass from the binary to the decimal digit. You have to somehow be able to uh, directly go from the binary digits to the final image in your mind. And that is quite difficult, especially with the three-digit system, because you see like this grid of nine digits and you have to somehow be able to get an image out of that. 
it's more easier with the two-digit system. But if you if you train and if you do a lot of uh, speed drills, that somehow becomes more, you know, easy. Yeah. So, what what do the speed drills uh, look like exactly? Do you use like a flashcard app, um, or do you do use some software? What what does it look like exactly? Like how how do you do the speed drills? Yeah, it's actually very easy because I I go on the IM software and I do like five minute binary, but without actually memorizing. I just see the grids and I picture the, the images in my mind, but I don't actually place them in locations. So it's like, uh, you know, visualizing, but without the memorization process. So yeah, I do that. Okay, so you're just basically looking at it and converting, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, not yeah. memorizing. Okay. Exactly, yeah. And I still do that in cards. I mean, even if I know my PO very well, I'm like constantly trying to uh, get better in, in just the speed in which I at which I visualize the the scene in my mind. Yeah. So, how often do you do speed drills for binary numbers, um, cards, uh, binary, and stuff? Binary numbers once once a week, and uh, the speed cards. It depends. For example, if I'm going for really really fast times and I'm hoping to do like a PB. I do like a speed drills just be before the actual memorization. It's kind of a warm up, let me let me say. And I also do that in uh, in competitions right before like uh, uh, the numbers event or the the speed cards event. I just like go to memory league and see some numbers or some cards and just it is kind of stretching for the mind. Let me say, yeah. And how do you maintain your three-digit system? Do you try to look through them all throughout the week? Do you also, how often do you do speed drills for that? Or is it mainly just you train in numbers a lot? Yeah, I train on numbers a lot. I, I don't need to, to do speed drills often for numbers anymore because, I mean, I am at the point now where um, every triplet uh is sticking very well in my mind so um yeah i basically train but i'm not doing like regularly speed reads for numbers like i was doing when i built my three-digit system yes okay and if you could give any words of wisdom to your younger self as a memory athlete just first starting out, what would you say? Yeah, um, we as memory athletes always talk about visualizing as the most important thing for um, memorization. And that, of course, I think it is true, but it is important to think about uh, visual visualizing as a much broader concept which doesn't only involve, you know, seeing stuff, but only he but also hearing stuff and uh, every possible emotion and sensation that comes out of it. For example, uh, if I have this image of a person playing the piano, of course I can see him playing the piano, but I can also hear a beautiful melody 
maybe it is a, a song that I particularly like, something that gives me goosebumps, but I, but I can also go further than that. I can hear the sensation of the finger, you know, tingling on the, on the piano keys. And so it is really important to like enrich the images and get everything you can out of them because that way um, it is not uh, only about visualizing, but it, it becomes like this unique experience that it, it will become impossible to forget. I mean, if you really put active effort into uh, making each experience for your mind unique, you will not forget it. It, it is quite impossible. So that's the, the main uh, thing. It is to trust your memory and trust your, uh, your um, genuine way of uh, reacting uh, emotionally to what you are seeing. Because emotions and memory are basically the, the same thing. We, we remember whatever uh, has an emotional impact on us. So that's the, the main trick. And mm. that's also the the main reason why I'm doing uh, this memory stuff. Wow. So when you first started out, did you have an emphasis upon one aspect? Was it like you focused more on the visual elements or, or, or did you gradually expand to like the more, the hearing, the smelling and so forth? What, what did that progression look like? Or was it just, um, how how did you what was your your growth like in this area when you got this insight yeah i think it came very spontaneously and uh, mostly because of the fact that i switched to the three digit system i think because when you have a two digit system uh, you have like only 100 of images and maybe some of them are like very generic and uh, uh, yeah, you, you don't have a lot of images, so it's also easier to distinguish between them. While in the three-digit system, you start having a lot of uh, uh, apparently similar images. So if you only focus on the visual aspect, there's a lot of risk of like confusing them. But if you also enrich the images with details, then it becomes uh, uh, less frequent to uh, do these kind of mistakes. So. It is something that I learned with time and uh, mm, uh, with uh, the exploration of uh, the, the three-digit system, I think, yeah. So when you wanted to develop the skill of, were you more intentional, like, I'm going to focus on this aspect of the sensory experience, or was it more like, I want to be more open to what comes to me? And, or how, how did that look like? Was it more intentional or were you just saying, I'm just going to be more open to all of the elements that may arise and just trust in that? Yeah, I think it's kind of a mix of the two. Probably at the first, you, you have to be uh, a little bit more intentional, mainly because it is a new thing. But then with time, it becomes more, you know, about intuition, about uh, uh, being more open to whatever your mind feels free to add as far as details in that moment. So, yeah. Mm. So where can we find you on social media? Um, where can we watch your matches? And also uh, you mentioned you like to do music. Where, where could we find your, your music? Where, where can we find out more about you? 
yeah, basically you can check out my Instagram account. It is danny.nt, but if you look Daniele Vergine, you can find me there and also on Facebook. And as far as the, uh, the music, you can uh, look out Noise Trail Immersion on YouTube or Spotify or Bandcamp and there you can find our music. And uh, about the matches, I'm not sure because uh, I don't think that uh, um, my memory league matches have been streamed so far, but I put like some little snippets of uh, recordings in, uh, in my Instagram. And uh, yeah, probably you can maybe find some stream of the of the French Open in the Memory Sports TV channel. Yeah, and I think that's that's basically it. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So I'll be sure to uh, uh, put those links in the show notes. So any final words to our listeners? Is there anything else you wanted to share before we close? Yeah, I would really like to. Uh, encourage people to get into memory even if they don't like have this need of improving their memory for like learning related reasons and stuff like that because of course uh, don't get me wrong again i think that memory is uh, memory techniques are like uh, great really really great for uh, learning especially for disciplines like medicines and stuff like that where you have a lot a lot of mnemonic details to to learn uh, but um, personally i find memory techniques like something which is cathartic for uh, the mind and uh, it is something that find finds in itself the the, the reason why they they should exist I, I don't know it is really more of an art in some way and you know some people uh, in the past asked, asked me things like okay but why, why why do you do this what's the point in trying to memorize more and more numbers and uh, uh, yeah my memory my 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 answer to that would be uh, because it is beautiful i mean there, there doesn't need to be any further reason why you do this it is like asking to a person, okay, but why are you going hiking in the mountains? What's the point in doing that? There's no point in doing that. It is beautiful. I mean, I'm like immersed in the mountains, watching this beautiful landscape, and it is beautiful. And uh, the same way is uh, with memory journeys. I mean, I'm uh, in my memory palaces, uh, exploring my childhood memories in my uh, in the house where I lived when I was a uh, a kid and uh, uh, strange things uh, are happening there with uh, people I love and uh, my favorite food, animals and stuff like that. It is like uh, a really great thing for the mind, you know, going over regularly every day um, over all those things. And uh, that is, uh, I think, uh, it is uh, one of the important things to highlight because we as memory athletes always feel the pressure to like justify why we are doing this. And we tend to rely on the you know, it's useful part of it. But, you know, I think that uh, many people would benefit of just practicing memory for fun. Because, uh, I, I mean, I, I seriously mean it. It, is, uh, it has a cathartic effect on mind. It is like, I mean, some people, for example, like to solve puzzles at night after work. It somehow, it relaxes them. And with memory, I think potentially that could be the case for a lot of people, especially people which are like 
constantly going over their mind and maybe they do that uh, where when they shouldn't when they're you know when they should dedicating themselves to other stuff and uh, memory techniques are a way to like going regularly over your mind but intentionally uh, i think that right now we we live in a in a really particular era of humanity where we are constantly bonded you know by information and distracted and so we are always in our mind because the attention that is demanded is too much but we are not in our mind intentionally it is because we are distracted from something else and so we are a little bit losing this potential of you know uh, uh, consciously uh, exploring our mind without any limits imposed by external factors let me say so I really think that many people could uh, benefit from this. I also read some articles about uh, memory palaces helping uh, uh, treating depression and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not a scientist and uh, I hope that is not pseudoscience, but uh, yeah, I really hope that uh, also researchers will more look into this, this stuff in the, in the future because I'm really confident about the fact that uh, uh, memory training can help people also dealing with themselves somehow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It is, it is not more, it is not anymore about memory, basically. It is just about uh, being in peace with, uh, with the mind, like a sort of meditation, but more, you know, uh, crazy and absurd because, you know, the, the things that you, you, you see in your mind when you do memory stuff are like incredible. Yeah, that's that's good. That's a good good message. Um, it's about beauty, and yeah, exactly. It's also an art, and for this reason, uh, the podcast is called "The Craft of Memory." Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for being on the show. It was a pleasure uh, speaking with you. So thanks. Thank you very much. It was uh, an honor, honestly, to you know being hosted on the on this show even if uh, you know i'm <laughs> pretty much nothing compared to the the top athletes in the world but yeah it is really always a, a great experience to share memory related stuff with uh, other people so yeah thank you for asking me yeah anytime all right well i hope you have a good rest of your day thank you